Running a business is hard, but your email marketing doesn't have to be. With AWeber's easy-to-use email marketing platform, you can stay connected with your audience, write new content faster, sell more, and grow your business, all without having to become an expert in yet another business tool. Start today at aweber.com slash podcast. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash podcast. AWeber, simpler email marketing. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Akome. So let's get started. Hey guys, hey, hey, it's Nikayla here. Welcome back to the Side Hustle Pro podcast. And today I have a different episode, a different kind of episode. This is actually the first of its kind podcast mogul student spotlight episode. So you'll be hearing from one of my podcast mogul students to hear how she launched and scaled her podcast using the methods that I teach inside of podcast moguls. You'll hear how she went from just an idea when she started the program to launching, putting her podcast out into the world and now being sponsored by Google. Her name is Tolu Garcia. And let me give you a little background on Tolu. So Tolu Garcia is the founder of UI Narrative, which provides online learning for product design, UI, UX, IXD, and research through the podcast, mentorship, and future online courses. She's also a senior product designer at NotDev, a small design studio in Dallas, Texas, working with clients ranging from startups to large corporations like Toyota and Google. When Tolu is not designing product solutions, you can find her hiking on her YouTube channel. And her next venture is going to be the course Getting Started in UX, which she'll share more about inside of this episode. So I want you to know that you can learn and grow your podcast through the techniques that I teach. And in case you don't know, Podcast Moguls is an accelerated program for aspiring podcasters. Whether you've started your podcast or just have an idea, this program is for you. And you can learn more about it over at podcastmoguls.com slash join. All right, now let's jump into the episode. All right, welcome, welcome to the guest chair, Tolu. So glad to have you here. 
Hey everybody, so glad to be on the podcast. This is like a dream come true to me. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, it is so good to have you here because like I said, you know, we were chatting earlier. It is new to me to explore this territory of highlighting some of my podcast mogul students. But I realized that people um, don't really have much of an insight into what goes on inside of the program and what kind of podcasters um, learn inside of podcast moguls and what kind of things you learn, how you can grow your show. So I wanted to share your journey. And for those who don't know you, can you share in your own words a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Tilda Garcia. Um, full-time, I'm a product designer, um, working with things like mobile apps, websites, basically any type of digital product. Um, and on the side, I have my podcast, UI Narrative, where I provide UX mentorship. So anyone that's looking to get started in UX, um, I help them get their foot in the door. Also to provide portfolio reviews, looking at resumes um, and career coaching. All right. So what was your initial career path to get to where you are now? Yeah, so I actually started as a graphic designer. Um, so I got a bachelor's in visual communication and I was doing graphic design for a while. I was um, also doing website design as a part of um, some of my initial jobs. And okay. it's funny, like originally I didn't know what UX was. It was from a coworker who told me that he thinks that career path would be right for me because in meetings, I would always be asking like, uh, why are we doing this things this way for the different websites that we would create. But I didn't realize that I already was kind of doing UX in a way. I just didn't know what the terminology was. And UX hadn't been entirely coined at that time as far as like people defining what it is, but it was yeah. being like implemented in different companies. So it was from there that I had went to um, get some UX training through um, an online course called uh, General Assembly. Um, okay. And I already had a big background in like UI from doing website design. So it was more of me just wanting to get more um, comfortable with talking about UX and see if there was any gaps that I was uh, missing, which there were, because I, I didn't completely understand the extent of how UX can affect a product. Um, mm -hmm. So through there, that was how I began building my career, using that experience from the course and also to um, getting a promotion at my job at the time to become um, a UI UX designer. And then from there, I've just been jumping around. I freelanced for a while, and now I've landed out um, at a small design studio here in um, Dallas, Texas. So, of course, totally, we gotta we gotta rewind everyone, and we have to talk about these letters, the acronyms. Like, I know people are like <laughs> UI, UX, you what, you yes. So, <laughs> what is UI and what is UX? First of all, yeah. Um, so I know definitely this is one of the number one questions I get because there's so much confusion around it. I was confused when I first heard UX, like I thought it was coding related, yeah. but it wasn't until my coworker cleared it up for me. Um, so UX stands for user experience. Um, and it's the way a person interacts with or experiences a product system or a service. So think of it this way. If you've ever, you know, used a website and you've had a moment where something was frustrating. Like maybe you yeah. entered in your information in a form, you submitted it and you had an error, but you don't understand why you had an error. A UX designer's job is to identify problems like that in products and um, fix them basically. And another way to think about it, 
some of the products that have the best UX design, you don't even notice it because it feels so natural. You don't even have to second think of like, oh, like I click this button, what happens? You shouldn't have to think about that. You know, you're just trying to use a product and uh, for whatever benefit of your own. And when it comes to UI design, that's specifically um, user interface design. So any digital product that you interact with, even the TV, um, there are designers behind that that create what that will look like. I'm so glad you defined that because I kind of was using those interchangeably when I think of <laughs> when I think of your podcast, when I think of what it is. So now I get it. It makes sense. And I was listening to your very first episode of the UI Narrative. So your show, your podcast is the UI Narrative, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But I was, first of all, cracking up because you shared how in even starting out your journey of wanting to go to art school, you were getting rejections. And one instructor even told you that, what did he say? That your 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 design was ugly. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Tell that, us more about that experience. Oh, that moment was like so life changing to me. So for those who don't know, like design school can be pretty intense because mm -hmm. you spend hours creating something, right? And then you have to present yeah. it to everyone in your class and your professor. And basically you're getting their feedback on it. So at the time, like I thought I was doing well, but <laughs> when I presented this project, the professor was just like, this is ugly. And in my head, I'm just like, I felt like it was a personal attack against me because, you know, you put you put so much of your right. soul and time into right. it. It's like, whoa, like you're calling me ugly now, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like in a way, it also, too, inspired me to um, just understand, like, why would someone be so aggressive as far as like feeling that my work does not look well. So that's mm -hmm. when I started to get more serious, I guess. Uh, when it comes to the decision making with every pixel I move, every like type I use, like there being a good reason for why they work together. So it was a, a negative experience in a way, but it, I turned it into a positive as far as like pushing me to become a better designer. <laughs> We love to hear that turning that negative into a positive. And it sounds like it informed how you think about UI and UX because you're like, well, clearly you didn't get this. <laughs> so maybe I need to be more thoughtful about how people are experiencing my design. So that's that's pretty awesome. So now you have started your podcast. Tell people, you know, more about your podcast, what it is about and why you wanted to start it. Yeah. So initially when I started my podcast, I knew I wanted a way for me to voice opinions that I had in my head, but I wasn't sure how to go about that. So how this okay. even came up as an idea was in meetings, like as a UX designer, yeah. I always felt like imposter syndrome. I felt kind mm -hmm. of like scared, I guess to express myself and say what I think about the designs. And it's like, I knew that I, I have a lot to say. So it was a way for me to just get more comfortable with speaking out loud, voicing my opinions and becoming just more confident in my being, being expressive about the decisions um, that I'm seeing like going on in meetings and um, being able to counter um, bad decisions that I was seeing. 
Um, so how I came to like finding Side Hustle Pro um, actually was um, listening to the podcast initially and I heard about podcast moguls and I was also seeing like, well, you know, the Kayla has an amazing podcast. So oh, of course, like <laughs> I know there's going to be some good actionable um, steps to getting started. So at first I was a bit like nervous because I was like, well, will this be something that I actually stick with? But seeing how the curriculum was set up, I knew it was something that like if I do commit and put my time into it, then I can have success with the program. Um, so, yeah, definitely one of the best decisions I've made. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm glad that, you know, you found the curriculum laid out in a way that was uh, attainable and accessible. Now, I want to know more about your getting started process. So you started Podcast Moguls at the very beginning. Had you even launched your podcast yet? Like, was it out there on the on the, the apps? You just hadn't done many episodes. Where were you in the process? Yeah, so I didn't have a podcast at all at the time. I just had the idea and... I I've, knew I wanted to do it, but I wanted to have a direction so that way I knew I could stay consistent with it. Cause yeah, something about me when I put my mind to something, I don't like to like you know half-ass it. You know, I want to go full into it and um, commit. When I initially started the podcast, it was definitely me getting over my fear of. Um, failing and yeah. I needed to feel like what I went with would be a, a good foundation for sure. Yeah. I think we can all relate to that, that like, am, if I'm about to put myself out there, like I don't want to fail. I don't want to fall on my face and I, I don't want to do it halfway. So I remember how focused you were when you got in, you were asking the questions, you're like, you know, narrowing down your topic and your topic name. So did you have uh, a name in mind or were you choosing between like several? Um, I was choosing between several. Um, so I don't think I've told anyone this, but the first name I had was actually UI Collective mm -hmm. um, because I had this idea in mind, like I would have this blog where I would show different types of UI designs and oh. it would go hand in hand. But then I saw that domain name was already taken. So then I was like, hmm, what's another way to express like what UX is, but also to like really hinting that this is like a more design heavy uh, podcast. Yeah. So that's how I came up with the UI narrative of the podcast talking about the narrative of how different products are created, but, you know, UI being the focus of what the user actually sees. And, you know, the great thing about your name, and we always talk about this, is that when you are starting a podcast, like you, you have an ideal listener and that person is going to get you. <laughs> I don't recommend that people use like a play on words or things like that. You know, I'm, I'm all about keeping it straightforward because if you want to come up in the SEO searches and you want to come up in the podcast searches, they have to be able to find you. If someone's looking for people who work in UI, guess what? They're going to type in. So, you know, great job on really like making sure you stayed on track and you kept that in mind as you were naming it. Now, Tell me if I'm right or wrong, though. Has that name been helpful in helping your person find you? Oh, completely. I've had people send me DMs and emails saying like, oh, I found your podcast in Spotify because I was searching for a UI podcast or UX podcast. Nice. And like, 
I'm so glad that you included that, like within the lessons of like how to go about creating the name of your podcast, because I definitely could have come up with something real stupid um, <laughs> that, that I would have regretted. So I think that yeah. that really helped me um, narrow it down to something that would be memorable and also too easy to find with mm-hmm. SEO. So talk to us about launch week. What was that like, like leading up to it when you finally um, said, all right, I'm putting this out there in the atmosphere? Yeah, um, it was nerve wracking. Um I'm so glad that I decided to have like a couple few episodes with launch um, because it took off the stress too of like, okay, well now I need to be consistent. Let me go ahead and, you know, record my next episode, you know, for the, uh, cause I have a biweekly. So for the next, next week. And it was just like, whoa, now it's out there. There's no turning back. I can't, (laughs) I can't take it off. It's kind of weird. But also too, I know like, when I was going through the training, something you really like made us focus on was like, who who was our target audience? And that was something I kind of struggled with at the beginning because my podcast specifically focuses on people of color, um, who are UI UX designers. And at the beginning, I did have a couple white people on the podcast because I was still trying to figure out like, what, who am I trying to tailor to? And at first I'm like, I want everyone to listen to my podcast. Everyone and always says that. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, the whole person, like reason I started this was because I was feeling like the only black designer in the world. So it's like, why would I try to cater to an audience that, you know, has enough podcasts out there for them? You know, I was like, I got to show people that there are designers like me out there and I got to find other black designers out there. Cause it's like, I know I can't be the only one. Yeah. And how awesome is that, too? Because it's kind of like you killed so many birds with one stone in terms of um, you are now building your network, right? You have the best excuse ever to reach out and connect with people. And then you're also helping other people to see. You really do have to see yourself. And also you learn from other people if your path doesn't go the way you wanted it to, if they're bumps along the road, like being able to hear that others experienced it too, is just so, so helpful. Yeah, it's ex- extremely inspiring to um, talking to different people, seeing their journeys and struggles of getting into UX because it just it helps me realize that no matter like what background you come to, like this could be a potential opportunity for you. And it's just a matter of like seeing someone else's experience Mm. of how they got into it to see how it's relatable to like your own experiences. Now, I want to know more about your actual podcasting life. (laughs) What, you know, what equipment did you use? Like, how did you go about getting started? Did you start on your phone? Did you start on a laptop? Um, Have you changed how you record since then? Um, I pretty much record, record the same way. Um, I'm a big tech junkie and maybe that just <laughs> comes with the job of UX designer. I'm always trying to see what the latest tech is. So when I saw like the blue mic, which is what I'm using right now was out there. I was like, I got to get that mic, you know? So <laughs> is that the, the blue Yeti? Yeah. The blue Yeti. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, um, I use my laptop as well, but as far as like microphone, um, and headphones, I just have my regular wired headphones and sometimes I have another one that I use um when it comes to recording the podcast I currently use Zencaster but I'm liking this Riverside that 
we're using right now. I might consider yeah, switching over to that. I like it. And I got a I got an affiliate code for you guys. Like, um, I mean, they let anybody, you know, who joins and likes the platform have one. So it's not like I have a huge deal with them. But I do enjoy the I do enjoy the platform a lot, a lot. So sponsor me, Riverside. Anywho. <laughs> now, um, was it hard getting to a place where you were consistently recording? Like, was it hard getting people to interview? Did you have bumps along the road? What were some of those challenges, if so? Yeah, it was challenging at first getting people to um, agree to interviews. And that's something that you just have to be really resilient and consistent with um, because I've gotten so many rejections of (laughs) people just ghosting me or just deciding they didn't want to do it or whatever reason. Um, And it's no hard feelings there. You know, Mm -hmm. I I would only want someone to come on that, you know, feels completely comfortable and wants their voice out there. But yeah, it was a bit of a struggle as far as thinking like, oh, every person I contact will say yes. So I I would reach out to people and be like, oh, I'm good for the month. But I'm like, wait, no one like contacted me back. (laughs) So now I got to make a solo episode. So it's just like figuring out the balance of like, wait, like, do I have content for the next, you know, the next podcast release? Um, But I feel like I've gotten the flow of that now as far as like being a month Mm -hmm. ahead and understanding, um, not everyone I reach out to will say yes. So having like a buffer amount and then sometimes I do get everyone. So then, okay, cool. Now I'm super ahead. Um, And then trying to weigh out the balance of like, wow, I've had guests on for quite a bit now. I should probably do a solo episode so people know that I'm good too. Right. Um, And then that's a, that's a balance. I still struggle with like, Oh wait, you guys haven't heard from me. You have no idea what I'm (laughs) going, going on with. So I hear you on that. And, um, how many, when did you launch and how many episodes do you have now? So I launched in 2019, March or May. Um, okay. And I actually just got to my 50th episode. Ooh, um, I saw that. Congrats. Which is just bizarre to me because like being consistent for this long, I'm just like, how like, I can't believe I didn't give, I'm just so amazed at myself because I've seen so many competitors in the market too that have come up and I'm like, oh, they have a great podcast, but like they didn't last as long as me. So it's like the, what did they say? The, the snare, the turtle, the slow one run, (laughs) one's the race. The turtle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You can't get distracted by, um, um, you know, people who pop up. Like I've had that instinct i think it's just a gut instinct that we all have like you're like oh my god so-and-so is doing a podcast now and then 10 episodes in i think 10 is that magic number <laughs> like yeah, I, think, so I think that most people don't get past 10 um and so yeah there are a lot of people who i see and they have the 10 up there and i'm like all right are we coming back are we on hiatus <laughs> what's going on and that's no knock to anyone. Um, podcasting is is more tough than people realize. Yeah. Um, it requires a commitment. But I'm so proud of you because not only have you committed, but you are doing good work. Like your episodes are so good. They're so helpful. Like I just listened to the 50th episode and, you know, I'm still that idea. Let me tell you right now, you have people <laughs> calling with it was their so questions. Fun. It was so cool. It's like listening to, and I've heard that before, but 
you know, the way you did it, it was just, I really enjoyed hearing the different people's voices, like the different cultural accents and everything. And so people called in and they asked their questions and you responded. So it was a 50th episode anniversary Q&A. What made you decide to do that? Yeah, so it was my way of just giving back to listeners. They're always sending me like uh, comments, DMs, asking questions about UX. And I was like, these people are also, you know, really important to the community. People need to hear that they're struggling with trying to figure out their path into UX as well. And um, I just wanted to to share that commonality between yeah. everyone's in the same boat of just figuring out their place, trying to learn the information. Like if you're confused, someone else is probably confused too. Um, and trying to just get out like whatever the most common questions are that people ask and making sure they have an answer to it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Running a business is hard, but your email marketing doesn't have to be. With AWeber's easy-to-use email marketing platform, you can stay connected with your audience, write new content faster, sell more, and grow your business, all without having to become an expert in yet another business tool. Start today at aweber.com slash podcast. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash podcast. AWeber. Simpler email marketing. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So I want to know, how did your first sponsorship with Google Design come about? I think everyone listening is probably like, oh, my goodness, how do you get a sponsorship with such a big brand? Tell us more about that. Yeah, it still wows me. Like (laughs) when I see the ad, I'm just like, is this real? I know it's been like several months now, but yeah, um, so I actually had reached out to their customer service to get Mm -hmm. in, which is 
I don't know if that's, um, you know, common, but I was having trouble trying to find like a direct contact Mm -hmm. to the marketing department within the design part of the company. Um, So that was my way of like getting in. And then I had the luck of someone actually sending it to the right person to connect me. And it was just like right time, right place. They were actually considering doing podcast sponsorships because they don't typically do sponsorships Mm -hmm. um, with podcasts. Um, So from there, I gave them my pitch based off of the, you know, the training you gave. I had my deck together um, (laughs) and it just I felt so professional because like without that train, I would not have known what to do. Yeah. Um, Like, I I don't talk to Google. Like, I don't know what to (laughs) say. Like, I don't pitch people like, you know. So um, I was incredibly nervous, but it went well. um, And they agreed to sponsor the podcast. So, yeah, I'm super excited to have them as a sponsor. It's been a great working relationship with them. Congratulations. And you guys, the um, training she's referring to is, you know, inside of Podcast Moguls, there's a module, module eight, all about how to, you know, pitch your first sponsor. And module seven is actually how to prepare yourself. So that's when we go over things like your media kit, I actually provide examples. And then, yes, I also give you language, actual email templates of how to pitch, what to say when they respond. I don't just leave you out there like, you got to know how to respond. You know, you got to look like you know what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) Because that process can be intimidating if you don't have haven't done it before. And and starting out with such a big brand, I actually always recommend people start out with smaller brands. So starting out with such a big brand, it's like you definitely, you know, you don't want to mess it up. So I'm so proud of you and, and what you did there. And another thing to keep in mind when it comes to podcast sponsorship is a lot of brands are just learning the territory too. So that kind of takes, should take some of the intimidation factor out of it because they're learning, we're learning, we're learning together. It's still a very relatively new space as far as sponsorship of the content, you know? Podcasting has been around, but the world, the monetization of it is still relatively new. Yeah, and just to encourage some of you guys that are, you know, pitching sponsors, I had pitched probably like five other companies that said no. So just keep going. Someone will eventually say yes. You know, just have to be consistent and, you know, show the report of like how everything's going. Yeah. Do you know how many downloads you had um, per episode by the time? Um, Well, total and then like, you know, average by the time you started pitching. How many months into it were you? Like six months or? No, I was a a year. Year in, okay. Yeah. And I think I had about like 40. It wasn't mm-hmm. that high. It was like yeah. about 40, I think. And so what I always tell people is it's not so much about the number. Yes, numbers matter, but it's also who your audience is. You yeah. know, Google Design wanted to get in front of more UI, UX um, designers or, excuse me, people who want to work in that space and, and want to learn about that space. And guess what, what they're listening to? They're listening to UI narrative, like a niche need and a niche space is going to have a niche audience and that's okay. Um, So be encouraged by that as well. It's really not about numbers only. Now, I want to know, how do you balance your full-time job? Because you have a whole very important, intense job. And then you also have your podcast, which is your side hustle. So how are you juggling it these days? When do you interview? How do you fit in your recording schedule into your life? 
Yeah. Um, at first it was very hard because I was working um, a corporate job, which was like a nine to five in an office. So I had to record usually on weekends, which would take up my time on weekends. You know, no one wants to work on every weekend. Right. Um, right. But now how I manage it, I work remotely and mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily have a nine to five job. It's more of um, I set my hours each day as long as I get my work done um, for the clients that I have. And there's no issues. So I typically like to record um, in the evenings or on Fridays anytime. But yeah, I, I try to schedule them in a way that I have a break in between. I don't like to have more than one interview a week just because I've, I've learned that I get a lot of adrenaline from whenever I do record an episode. So I'm like on a high energy and then I crash <laughs> from being, <laughs> I guess, mentally exhausted, which is so like from the outside. It's a of, real I'm sure thing. It is people a real think thing. I'm probably super extroverted, you know, uh-huh. and that's just how I show up when I talk to people. I, I love talking to people, but like, I'm also pretty introverted to where it's like I could go a week and not say a word to anyone, you know? Yeah. So um, I try to balance out that to make sure I'm not over pushing myself because it's like I still have to go to my client meetings and have those types of, you know, interactions. So just make sure I'm on a good mental level when it comes to exerting my energy. Yes, I I completely relate. And we also have like the same recording time preference. <laughs> so we, we are similar in that way. Like I love evenings and we're recording this on a Friday. And then, yeah, like you also have to be cognizant of how it's going to get your mind pumped up. Even yesterday, you know, I had a, a podcast moguls training and I after that could not go to sleep. (laughs) I was just like, even though I was mentally exhausted. So that is something to keep in mind when you develop your schedule. So how has this side hustle kind of shifted your goals um, in life in terms of, it sounds like since starting the podcast, you've really shifted um, some of the things you're doing career-wise. Yeah, um, it's got me into education. If you would have told me three years ago I was gonna get an education I'd be like no I don't want to teach people like that sounds miserable (laughs) but now I'm like so passionate about it and um anytime someone's looking to get into UX I'm the first one to want to raise my hand and show them the front door of like how to get in and I feel like it's just it's come through me figuring out like there's always going to be mountains like to overcome yep. with my imposter syndrome at like every level I get to in this career. Yeah. But people giving me the feedback that like what I have to say inspires them or encourage them to get into UX has just like changed my perspective of like the value that I add to education. Like I yeah. would have never expected to go this route to be a mentor teaching people and also to now working on um, a course to help people get into UX. I love it. I love it. And I also really love how you show up online, how you show up on on Instagram, how you show up on, um, you know, your social media pages, because it's very easy to understand what you do, who you are and what you're about. And a lot of us make that really complicated, but you do such a good job at that. What went into your thought process in terms of how you market your podcast and how you promote yourself, your show online? 
Yeah. So something that's always frustrated me about like the UX industry in general is just how confusing everything is. There's a lot of different terminology out there that goes over most people's head of like yeah. trying to figure out like, okay, wait, do I need to do this? Like yep. what's interaction design? Like what's product? Like there's so many different terms for things. So yeah, something I've always kept in mind is like, okay, when someone interacts with my content or sees my page, like I want them to be able to understand what I'm talking about, even if they have no idea about this industry. So it's like, how yep. can I simplify it mm-hmm. in the easiest way possible to where if they're just passing by like one of my like reels or my story, anything, they can grasp it and at least like learn a little bit of information, even if it means they may have to like Google search something a little bit later to like go in debt. But as far as I'm understanding what I'm talking about, that's yeah. really important to me. And when do you find the time? Because people always say, I don't have time. I don't know how to do this, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of intimidation when it comes to social. And you weren't necessarily a person who wants to create content on, on social media. But I've noticed that shift in making it work for you and, and, you know, finding ways to do things that come to you organically, but just adapting it to the platform. So yeah, talk to so us about that. Yeah. A little trick I have um, when I'm have a moment where I'm like, OK, I really want to be consistent with content for the next few weeks. I bolt content. So I'll have a day where I will just record a bunch of things. I'll change outfits if I need to, you know, that's yep, a little yep, trick yep, yep. because um, it needs to seem like, you know, it's several days that this has passed by, yep. but I will block out hours. First of all, I feel like the hardest part is coming up with the idea of like, okay, mm-hmm. what do I even want to post? What is going to be like the benefit of this? So blocking out more time than you would expect. You would think like, oh, let me just get an hour and I'll come up with ideas. Like you might need a whole day to to get everything out. And also to like, just think about what type of like visual, like if you want to do a video, if you want to do an image, is it going to be something you have to create? Like going into Canva or something to put something together. So I literally write down every process like for the different posts. Um, So I know just like, how much time will this actually take me versus like how much time I think it's going to take me. So bulking, going all out like within a week is how I can stay consistent with social. Love it. I'm I'm a big fan of bulking also. Bulk content creation. I'm not talking about exercise, y'all. <laughs> but bulk <laughs> content creation. And um, another tip I'll add to that is you, when an idea comes to you, because sometimes it will happen when you're doing something else, like quickly jot it down in a note on your phone or on a piece of paper that you keep your ideas on. Um, you can even keep a small notebook with you at all times. And then when you're ready for when you have that day that you're planning it out, you'll be able to go through your ideas of all the things that you want to do. So ideas come all the time y'all so just be prepared to write it down and then there's less pressure on the day that you want to think about it so you're not like all right what can I create let me go research things so I'm glad that we're touching base on that now before we shift and you know say goodbye to you Tolu I'd love to know a little bit more about what you have going on so talk to us about what's next for Tolu yeah, so the biggest thing coming up next is this course I'm working on. I know y'all have been hearing me talk about it for a while, but I promise you it's because I'm 
I'm really cooking it until it's done. Um, yeah. I don't I don't want to give y'all something that's like everything else out there that will confuse you more about the UX industry. Yes. So, yes. Like what to expect from this getting started course I'm working on is it's going to be the one stop shop for you to understand how like, first of all, what UX is, what all the terms and everything that you've heard about it, like what all those things mean and then helping you choose the path that you want to take in UX, because I feel like it's it's easy to go a path with something just because you may have paid for like a boot camp or a course mm-hmm. and feel stuck with that path because you already spent money on it. But I really want to educate you on um, choosing what's best for you and also to based off of your budget, because yeah. I know some people may not be able to spend thousands of dollars on a boot camp and showing you that you have options. Right. One might just, you know, require a little bit more work than the other. And um, also providing you a list of all the different types of resources um, and when to use those resources. Because if you're like me, I can be a bit of a resource junkie. I'm yes, always yes. collecting things, but then I never go back to it. So yeah, just giving a bit of instruction of like, okay, when you get to this stage, here's a few things that you should look at. You know, don't worry about the other ones. Um, and then after you're, you know, getting all your education, what to do when you're done? Like, how do you go about finding the type of job you want and getting the career that you want in UX. I love it. And I think it's really, really, well, I know it's going to be really, really helpful. And um, that's something that I also want people to know that when it comes to what you know, what you know is important and it's valuable. And so sometimes I think people are like oh there's already courses out there there you know people can do what I did and and learn xyz and all if you think about all the different things that you piece together in your life to now know what you know and you think about how easier it could have been if you just had one course and you learn from somebody who you relate to then you realize why people are continuing to create courses and why it's important that people create courses because just like you wanted to learn from me you know someone who you can relate to someone who's the side hustler uh, a black woman entrepreneur like people want to learn from tolu you know who has all these experiences that they can relate to they can you know relate to feeling like an only when they're talking with these other people and feeling maybe some imposter syndrome or just a little bit of intimidation to speak up even though you know you know what you're talking about or that your questions are valid so I applaud you for starting this course and I and I really hope you guys will um, check it out send us any information when you have it or you know a, a landing page a waiting list what whatever you got girl <laughs> Yeah, for now, people can go to uinarrative.com slash email club to sign up for my email list. Those will be the people that get the first access to the course when the beta launches. And yeah, I might even throw in a discount in there. All right, okay. (laughs) Now, speaking of discount, I want to know, I keep saying I want to know because I'm just so intrigued (laughs) by your path, your journey. Obviously, I relate to it as someone who had, whose side hustle was a podcast. Um, How are you approaching building sustainable revenue streams from your podcast? Yeah, so currently with the sponsorship I have, I did a year contract with them. So I'm already got my list together of like who I'm going to pitch for the following year. Um, and also too, I'm thinking about having different type of like retainers for okay. uh, sponsors. And then I have um, a layout grading system, which is mm-hmm. just a ebook teaching people how to build um, 
foundational good layout design. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like good scaling with your type, a good hierarchy for if you are putting together like a UI screen, just some foundation work there. And then also too, I have my mentorship calls. Mm-hmm. Um, so with some people, I'll have them do like a couple calls or a few calls depending on their needs, but providing them uh, whatever educational uh, services that they need through those calls. Okay. Now, before we go, tell us, what do you think are some of the biggest things that you have learned from being a part of Podcast Moguls, being inside the program, having access to the curriculum, and getting coaching from me? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing that I learned is that my voice is, it means something, you know. No matter, like, what type of job you have, you may feel intimidated by maybe it's like someone senior than you or someone that you might think is smarter than you on the team. Or maybe people are saying words that you don't even know what they mean. <laughs> yes. But it's just like with the podcast, it awakened another side of me that made me realize like I do have stuff to say. It may take me a moment to pause to get it out, but it's just shown me like that I can't articulate anything that I'm thinking about, no matter like how intimidated I feel, imposter syndrome that I feel like, and I'm smart. Like, (laughs) yes, you are. (laughs) You are amazingly smart and amazingly gifted. And I am so glad that you have the opportunity to share that with the world and that everyone is able to recognize it and see it because you didn't keep it inside your head. You released it into the world, and which is what I'm always trying to get people to do. Take your idea from your head and release it into the world. Allow us to benefit from it. So thank you. Thank you so much, Tolu, for doing that. Um, where can people connect with you after this episode? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at UI Narrative and on Twitter at UI Narrative CEO. And if you have any questions about UX design, feel free to email me at hello at UINarrative.com. And also to head over to my website, UINarrative.com, to see all the latest podcast episodes. We're also on all podcast uh, platforms out there. And yeah, I'd love to talk to you. Feel free to DM me too on Instagram. I'm real yes. chill about that type of stuff and approachable. So. Can't wait to talk to you, some, some of you guys. All right, guys, you have to take her up on that offer and I will have all of her social links and website in the description box. So thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys next week. There you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. 